Welcome to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark, a podcast of good stories about less than good times. I'm Julie Sensulo. So obviously COVID, the pandemic, it impacts all of us in so many different and weird and terrible ways. One of the biggest ways I've seen this impact is on housing, on where people are choosing or not choosing to live. I know so many people right now who are moving in with romantic partners so they don't have to live alone or breaking up with their partners because they've spent five months locked up inside together. I have friends who moved in with their families and who are now trying to move out of their parents' houses. Some people are buying homes right now because interest rates are so low and others are losing their homes. This is like all my friends and I talk about these days because pretty much every single one of us has had our living situation so upended. So this story is sort of about where you live and the impact that it has on you. It is also about reality television. It's from Arwen Tag, who has been working in the world of reality and documentary television for eight years. Five years ago, I got an opportunity to go and work on a another HGTV show. At this point in her career, Arwen was working in what she calls wholesome reality television. You know, DIY network, HGTV, and a little, little bit of food network thrown in there too. So basically not The Bachelor or Love is Blind or any of the reality television that I rot my brain watching. But this was a classic renovation show set in the Virginia Commonwealth sort of in the middle of nowhere and yet also very much not not on a map because one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence was buried in the backyard so you know you get occasional random historical tourist types who would come by the name of the show was American Rehab Virginia as in of course like your home renovation rehabilitation I think people sometimes got confused and thought it was, like, about recovery, which it was not. Arwen was hired on the team as a production coordinator, or PC, because people in television love acronyms. So as production coordinator, I was tasked with scheduling the PAs. PA, production assistant. See what I mean about acronyms? Coordinating with the production office to make sure that invoices were in, schedules were made sending hard drives. It's kind of like a catch-all type of situation where you just support the producers. American Rehab Virginia had begun filming a few months prior, and Arwen was taking over for another PC who had to leave production early. But the catch was that, of course, I did not live in Virginia. I needed to not only get to set, but I needed to drive the cargo van full of gear from Minnesota Arwen didn't live in Minnesota either. She lived in L.A. So I flew to Minnesota. I got the cargo van from the production company. And then I drove all the way to Virginia. And in that time, I, you know, passed the time listening to podcasts, doing whatever. This was February, so it wasn't particularly nice outside. I saw cities like Indianapolis in 30 minutes. You know, I was like, boop, bloop, gone. And so there I was driving through, through Richmond all the way, got to the Applebee's where I met up with the producers and we had our wonderful first dinner together before starting a two month long 
quest to complete this show. After dinner at Applebee's, Arwen jumps back in the production van and starts driving down the highway. She's taking in the scenery of semi-middle-of-nowhere Virginia. Also, just like a fun side note, but uh, Virginia has the most vanity plates of any state in the union. We should probably fact check this. Uh, I did fact check this, Arwen, and according to MotorBiscuit.com, the state that has the most vanity license plates is... It, it's Virginia. Good job, Arwen. And good job me for fact checking anything for once on this highly journalistic show of mine. If you haven't figured it out by now, I am like a full-blown tangent storyteller, so please bear with me. Same, Arwen. Same. Okay, let's get back to this story. After dinner, I was on my way to get to the cabin that I was going to live in for two months. The important thing to know is that I had a choice at this point from the production company of do I want to live in a Holiday Inn Express for two months or do I want to live in a cabin in the woods for two months, which from the outside looked like a pretty cute Airbnb situation. Like, great, you know, full kitchen, couple bedrooms, maybe I'll have friends come visit. So I was like, okay, great. I'll take the cabin in the woods. Let's do it. On my way to the cabin... It's literally the day I got into town, so I'd already been driving for many hours. I was, like, belly full of Applebee's, as one is. I got pulled over by the cops. I was going 11 over, which is a real bummer because it was the first night of being there. And I had my Seahawks gear on. This happened to be the same day as the Super Bowl, and the Seahawks were playing the Patriots. Trying to hide my, like, Seahawks-y thing because I was like, "Uh, I know I'm not in New England, but I'm a lot closer to it, and I don't want to upset this man who might potentially be still rooting for the East. So let's see. The Seahawks played the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2015. Does that sound correct, Arwen? This was, I don't know, 2000. 15 when I was out there. Great. Just really into this fact-checking thing, making sure it's all accurate. Okay, sorry. Uh, So the cop just pulled Arwen over. Now what? You know, he's relatively nice to me and just let me go on my way, but also gave me my ticket. It also took me a while to figure out where the house was because it was right off of a highway, but it was like a quarter-mile drive to get to the front door, and it was just literally like a blip driveway entrance onto the two-mile highway. So, like, it took me a couple times driving back and forth to be like, where is it? Finally pull up. Super cute. It was so it was so rustic. Like, I wish you could see the pictures because it was—I'll try to describe it. There's, like, a rifle over the fireplace— There's, you know, this beautiful carved wooden squirrel lamp. And there's like a a nice little open kitchen situation. Go to bed, feeling good. Cut to a couple days later when I finally start to realize that I have maybe made a mistake. I was there by myself at a cabin in the woods that had no Wi-Fi. It had lots of activities for multiple people to do. But it was just me. It sort of set me up for two months of terror. Ultimately, I then started to, you know, drive to set, which was about 30 minutes north of me, and come back. And by the time your, you know, commute is done, you're like, okay, the only thing I'm going to do is potentially drink or watch TV. Uh, AKA every day in quarantine, am I right? And I would get home and it would be dark. And so I'd have to, you know, shuffle all the gear inside. 
Arwen was always afraid that... Every time I would come home, there'd be someone, like, hiding, ready to murder me. And it wasn't even wild animals. It was like I was legitimately scared that there were people that were going to suddenly be aware that there was, like, a young woman living in this house sort of permanently. And you really were in a space where, like, if I screamed, no one would hear me. It drove me to a place of, like, pretty intense paranoia. Probably should preface that, like, nothing actually happened to me. Wait, what? This was all just, like, a two-month state of deep paranoia. Okay, so nothing bad ever actually happened to Arwen. But while it's very normal to feel afraid while living alone in the woods, especially as a young woman, there was another reason why the anxiety was so intense in the cabin. And that had to do with how Arwen spent her days. At the same time, I was working on a crazy-ass show. You know, there was just sort of the exhaustion that pushed me to a state of paranoia. Arwen would spend her evenings fearing for her life and then wake up barely rested and drive to set. You know, this big giant plantation-y Virginia house where we were doing these renovations. For another 12 to 13 hour day. And we would then proceed to do the renovations we were going to do for the day to, to redo the, the wing of this house that was from the 1700s. There would be some interesting things that we were doing. You know, there's historical stuff, but there was also some very frustrating things. Um, just trying to figure out how do you get a hard drive delivered to a remote location? And our production office was a uh, shipping container. If you've ever done any sort of construction project, you know how hectic it can be. I say as someone who has done minimal construction in my life. Now imagine adding a film crew to that. Because that's a pretty messy situation to have not only cameras, but sawdust and mold and just the chaos of an actual construction site is very strange when there's cameras around. It's like so much more intense and potentially unsafe. I mean, it was like typical things that once again, all from the outside, like, ooh, HGTV, it sounds so glamorous. And then when you get on set, you're like, yeah, we were a grumpy bunch of, bunch of assholes. And all of the chaos during the workday only intensified Arwen's feelings of discomfort and unhappiness at the cabin. It's interesting to be working on shows that have to do with renovating homes because it really makes you look at the space that you're in. And for this show, I was, of course, in this cabin in the woods rental and I had no ownership of that. So even if there were things that I wanted to change, like maybe I wouldn't have decorated it with as many squirrel lamps, you know, I, I couldn't do anything about that, but it does make you look at your own home differently. And it certainly influenced the importance I put on whether my home looks put together. Luckily, Arwen got out of this whole experience shaken up, but largely unscathed. Eventually, I had to go to court to pay my speeding ticket. Oh, right. She did have that run in with the law. And I should probably add that I got a second speeding ticket a week after I got the first one. I get I get there. I have my court date. The judge is very forgiving. You know, he's like, OK, it's your first offense, blah, blah, blah. You know, you only have to pay the fees. So I got out of that, which was pretty sweet. A couple weeks later, I'm sort of planning to leave and I realized like I am not going to make the second court date because once again, I do not live in the Virginia Commonwealth. I live in L.A. I have equipment from Minnesota. Like I'm just trying to like be everywhere to everyone. So I write a letter to the honorable judge. 
And of course, the beauty of small town Virginia and the nepotism that goes along with it is that the homeowners whose house we were renovating knew the judge, which there you go. Once again, big old, big old fat privilege there. It just gave me this like little insight into uh, what it must be like for the 1%. Okay, well, she got out pretty unscathed in the way that rich people never get scathed. They are scatheless, those rich people. That's what I'm going to take away from this story, that rich people can buy their way out of anything. But Arwen took away something else. I think I realized with this one that, like, I really didn't want to be on sets where we were also doing construction. Yeah, it it, it sort of solidified for me that I needed to turn towards uh, other types of production work, which is good. I mean, I'm really happy with where I'm at now. Arwen is now a senior associate producer at Twin Cities PBS, where she works on long-form documentaries. And so I guess this is all one long-winded way of saying that being on the road and shooting television is much less glamorous than it appears. Even though Arwen now works in an office, or at a home office these days, she still loves working in field production. She misses the variety and the creativity of the work and the fun ways you find to pass the time with coworkers while you're doing it. But she doesn't miss being a low-paid freelance production coordinator struggling to pay her bills. Once again, it's not worth it. It's, it's television, it's so much damn fun, but no amount of playing would you rather on a walkie-talkie will make up for the fact that you can't, you know, <laughs> go to the doctor for free. That's a pretty bold statement about the failings of the gig economy and the lack of access to health care for freelance workers. Don't worry. As I've established, this is a highly journalistic podcast, and I'm here to ask thoughtful and hard-hitting follow-up questions like, What type of would-you-rathers would you do? I think that was when I came up with the Arwen Classic. Would you rather have soup cans for hands? You can pick the soup flavors and you can consume them, but they will always be full of soup. Or would you rather have a tongue covered in pube hair? The beauty of that is no one can see it if you close your mouth, but it cannot be removed. If you shave it, it grows back. You got a big frothy tongue of pubes, so. I think there's an obvious answer. Is there not? Uh, People feel differently about Something you can keep private versus something that's out in the open. Yeah, I guess it'd be really embarrassing if you had to go to a a meeting and try and shake someone's hand and be like, sorry, I have these cans of tomato soup. I always think it's like one could be like New England clam chowder and one could be Manhattan clam chowder. It's like one you could pour on your enemies and one you could eat. Obviously, we're eating the New England because like, why would you eat Manhattan? It's disgusting. I mean, this is a would you rather situation. So rules, you have to pick one. And two, this is a world that we do not live in. Like, no one has soup can hands. No one has a pube tongue. If anyone does and they're out there, we're going to need to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, please uh, email me so you can come on Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark. Soupcansforhands at AOL.com. <laughs> Pubes in my teeth at <laughs> BernieSanders.org. Yeah. If you would like to tell me a story about having soupy hands or just another funny thing that's happened to you, you can message me at the Funny Stories in the Dark Instagram account at Funny Stories in the Dark. I will be back soon right after I move out of my house because like I said, this pandemic messes everything up and gotta move now. But I will be back to making this soon. 
Thanks for listening.